Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here you'll learn about how to grow your home building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. This podcast has really turned into a movement and community of people who want to grow personally and professionally. Here we bring you some of the best marketing, sales, and business minds in the industry so you can elevate your business. All right, let's dive into the show. Hey guys, did you know that 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to a lack of communication during projects? The team over at BuildBook has solved that problem once and for all with a tool that keeps all the conversations and decisions between you, your team, and your clients in one place. Their simple, powerful app helps you create daily logs, schedule and manage your client tasks, keep track of selections, process change orders, and so much more. I met the BuildBook team in Vegas at IBS earlier this year, where they were chosen as a finalist for the most innovative construction tool of 2020, which is saying a lot considering how many tools are actually out there. If you're looking to remove the stress from your projects, make your clients happier, and increase your profits, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BuildBook to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. There's absolutely no risk to try it. So go ahead and hit pause and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 to take advantage of the trial and score the 45% off. This deal isn't available anywhere else. So I recommend at least trying out the software. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey guys, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 101 with Luke Summerfield. And Luke is the go-to-market lead over at HubSpot for their HubSpot CMS product. So we are going to talk about all things website platform today, how to think about your website platform, how to think about your website as a marketing tool, and kind of exploring the trade-offs of different systems. So very educational. Towards the end, we do a little bit more time spent on what the HubSpot product is, what it does. This isn't a pitch for HubSpot We're using that as kind of the framework since that's what Luke is heavily involved with. But the questions to ask in terms of what you want to get out of your website are really, really important. I think you'll find this very insightful. And what I found is in living in the construction world and living in kind of the marketing and tech world, I find that this conversation will maybe give you a glimpse of the future, a glimpse of what your website really should be doing. And if you start adopting some of these things now, you're going to put yourself uh, way ahead of the competition. So hope you enjoyed this conversation with Luke Summerfield. Hey, Luke, glad to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. We've been, we've known each other forever. I think you're like one of the first people that I've met in the partner community that we became good friends with way back, I I don't know, 2013, 2012, somewhere in there. I was thinking about that too before we uh, we were recording today, and I was like, you know, I think I was we still had the direct mail part of the business. I think yeah. I was out at a conference in was it Minneapolis, Minneapolis where you guys were, or uh, where we were in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, we were in Milwaukee, so That's similar area, yeah, yep, yeah. And so uh, I think I ended up coming and touring your guys' office at the time, and uh, you guys were were doing some cool stuff with web design at the time. But I think that was early innings of kind of your journey to growth-driven design. Is that that right? It was early innings on kind of a few things. One, the thoughts of 
growth driven design and what is a better playbook for building websites that help businesses grow. And it was also early innings in what today is now CMS Hub, the tool, the platform that HubSpot launched to build websites on. We, at the time, we were working very closely with the HubSpot product team on some of their like earlier versions of what that looked like. So it's been, it's been fun there being on the agency side. And then the last, you know, now five, five, almost six years on the HubSpot side, working on the HubSpot product team. And crazy. Yeah. So for, for those listening, like, you know, you and I were in the kind of technology, digital marketing space. We, we live there. Our audience is a lot of construction folks. So they're remodeling business owners, custom builders, you know, specialty contractors. So maybe give us a quick background on your, your history and what you're up to, but then we're going to really dive into modern websites and what they should do. But I think given, given a little bit of your background would be helpful. Yeah. Well, first off, anyone listening, I have the utmost respect for anyone in the builder space. My, my father uh, lived in that world a bit and uh, mainly as a mechanic on a mechanic and auto body, but then on, on the side would do a lot of the building and things like that around the house and then with friends and family, he was kind of the handy guy. So I got to learn a little bit from him and have a huge respect for uh, creating things with your hands. So that's super cool. And um, my background was actually a bit different than my dad. So he was, he was working with his hands. I was working with my hands, but on a keyboard. And so I grew up in the uh, marketing world, um, in the design world. And after college, went to work at a marketing agency, building websites with clients, was there for about three and a half years. And then that agency got acquired, got purchased by another agency. And I jumped to my next adventure at HubSpot which is a sales and marketing and website software suite and have been there for about five and a half years doing a little tour of duty around the company, working in all different departments from working with our agencies to working on our marketing team to the last three years working on our product team, helping um, build the product for folks. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And really, I feel like when you jumped over to HubSpot, that was where you started to talk about growth driven design a lot and kind of figure out this this new way of web design. And so I think that might be a good place to start. You know, web design, we kind of went from this traditional model of, you know, you spend a bunch of time and a bunch of money and you launch this new website, but then it's like, well, you, you just made a lot of guesses and you didn't actually get more traffic to it. It just looks different now, you know? And so <laughs> maybe tell us a little bit about the evolution of websites and kind of how should we be thinking about websites today? There's basically three different ways, different shifts that are happening with the folks as they think about websites and how you can use a website to grow your business. And the first shift, we can talk about each one of these, but the first shift is the kind of the, how does the business view the website as a tool to grow, the, grow themselves? How do they see it as a, as a growth tool? versus like a static brochure. So that's, we call that like the culture shift. Secondly is the process shift. How are companies going about actually, you know, the process, the step-by-step of actually building the sites. And the third shift is in technology. And just the advances of technology these days is incredible, especially in the web world. And so we've seen folks take a, a bit of different approach in the technology side of it. And all these, all these, I lived firsthand, kind of the pains of the traditional culture, the traditional process, traditional technology, 
as I try to build websites with clients. Basically, the last year before the agency was acquired, my job was to try to find ways. It was basically operations. How do we make the agency more efficient, more profitable, our utilization rate for each individual employee better. And so for many of you who are listening to this, as you're thinking about, well, I got I have a job that I need to make sure it's profitable, that the employees are working properly. All of these things started to creep out as red flags. There's a lot of issues. And those issues are really a result of just doing things in an old way. And so if we, if we maybe start with a culture, let's talk about the culture. How does a company think about the website? kind of traditional culture around a website at a business is that it's very much kind of a business expense. It's sort of this necessary evil that like I kind of have to do and, you know, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. It's a business expense that you pay into. Also, it's very much the website is seen as kind of a static brochure. Maybe we had some paper brochure at some point that we just wanted to turn digital and like so we could send it out. And then lastly, we, like you mentioned, a lot of the traditional culture around a website is very much like, what do we think might work well? What looks pretty? What does the CEO think? And just like for those who are engineers listening, like you can't just think, you got to like make sure that you use data to inform the right way about going about it. And so when we, when we think about that, the business expense, that it's a business expense, it's a static brochure, and it's based off of assumptions when we look at what modern companies, how modern companies are approaching their website and thinking about their website, they instead think of it as a growth investment. So just like other investments in your life, you know, realty, you invest into property and there's a return on that investment over time. As you invest into the website, putting time and energy and growing it, you start to see more and more of a return on that investment. They also see the website as one of their products in their product line. So very much like I'm sure many of you listening, you have services in your service catalog, you have products in your product catalog. The website is one more product. And just like you're always trying to improve your services, you're always trying to improve your products to deliver more value to your customers, you think of your website like that. And it might be a free product, like the website might be free, but we've seen in this day and age, especially in the, the, the new world that we live in, folks are finding ways to sell Uh, items on their website. They're selling online academies. They're selling training courses. They're finding ways to use the website as a channel for revenue. And the last one is modern companies, again, like we talked about, are using data to guide their decisions on their website. It's no longer what do we think looks pretty. It's like, let's actually like collect some data and use that data to make more informed decisions. And so it's a very data-driven approach versus a kind of um, what do we think looks pretty type of approach. You know, it doesn't say that you can't make a beautiful website, of course, but you need a balance of both. And so those are some of the shifts that we're seeing on the culture side. I don't know, um, Spencer, like some of the things that you're seeing on your end, if any of those click. But I know back when I worked at agency, most of the projects we did lived in that, you know, the, the mentality was very much that traditional culture. Yeah, absolutely. And and I would say a lot of our industry they're they're fall into a couple of buckets. One, they've hired a web developer, they built something on WordPress or maybe a proprietary system. And so they're either having to go through that developer for every single change, mm. or maybe they can do some light editing and some basic things, but then they're still having to go back to that person. Or they did the more DIY route and they went with Squarespace or Wix or Weebly or something like that. And then you end up hitting kind of a wall 
on a tech side and scalability mm-hmm. standpoint there. And so I guess maybe let's dive into that a little bit and maybe you can give some tactical advice on what you guys are seeing on the HubSpot side and where the problems are with those avenues. Because I find the mentality is kind of, I built a site and now it sits there and maybe I update my photos on my portfolio a few times. Maybe I blog, you know, randomly and then I stop. And then three years later, I wonder why my website's not doing anything. So I redesign it again. Mm. And uh, so I think there's a couple of things in there. Maybe we can talk about just the system itself. You know, how important is the back end, like a WordPress, a Squarespace, a Wix, a Weebly? What are the things that people should be thinking about if they want to take a more modern approach to their website and their marketing? Well, there's two things there that, that you mentioned. One is the technology and one is the, you know, you kind of build it and then set it and forget it. So yeah. let's talk about the set it and forget it. Um, and that, that really goes into the process shift that we're seeing, how people are going about building a website and, and treating a website. So once you've shifted your mindset at your company, like we talked about, now it's how do we shift the actual steps we go through to building a site. Traditionally, the traditional process is very much, you know, you're talking about, just your business. Like, why are you the best? Buy my products, me, 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 me. And what we find is that customers actually don't want to hear about you right away, right? They want to know, how do you make my life better? (laughs) How do you make my life better? Like they're in a search, they're in a journey to try to make progress on, you know, the functionality of their house or the functionality of a particular building or the beauty of it. And they want to know, how do I get to that outcome I want? And you kind of are the guide to guide them along the way. And then, of course, at the end, you want to talk about why, why there's an advantage to work with you. But traditional process very much focused too much talking about the business, not enough about helping um, yeah. people in their journey. We, we've been in business for 20 years. We do quality work. And it was all yeah. company centric. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like everyone, everyone else. You know, exactly. It's like there's, yep. There, yep. there's like one of those things where, you know, immediately people are, are, are tuning out that kind of stuff. They're looking for, again, understanding about the world that they live in. So that's when we look at the modern process, how folks go about building a a website, they actually start with a customer focused strategy. And what that means is gaining an empathetic understanding of the world that your audience lives in, that your customers live in, understand that world first, and then weave the website in as a part of that world to help them make progress on their journey. And so for many of you listening, I'm sure you take a similar approach to the products and services that you offer your clients. It's not, oh, I'm going to go in and just redo the landscape without ever talking to them and understanding what are they trying to accomplish? What, what, uh, what are their goals? What, why are they redoing this? You know, of course, you don't go in there and just demolition the kitchen and build, build it out the way you want. You understand their world and what they're trying to accomplish. And then you guide them into the decisions of like, here's how we might want to think about building out your kitchen to fit those goals, those things you want to achieve. So it's the same with your website is start with understanding your customer and then build the website around your customer, just like you do with your projects. Secondly, we find that the traditional process, for any of you who have gone through a website redesign, it is a lot of work. It can be a lot of work. Um, It's a huge project, six month, eight month long project, almost always goes over budget, gets delivered late you can think of it very much like building a house. I use building a house as an analogy for websites all the time. And, you know, 
as you as builders never want to be going over budget. You never want to be delivering things six months late. But unfortunately, that's how traditional designs are done. What we see with modern process is that companies like the the uh, Facebook, the Google, the Slack, these all these modern companies we hear about, the Amazons, the Ubers, the way they think about their website is they want to build a site that looks and performs better than what they have today, but they know that it's not perfect. They know it's a starting point and they know that it's a starting point to continuously improve and they want to get it out there quickly. And the reason you want to get it out there quickly is so that you can get people's feedback, you can start collecting data, and you can then make those informed decisions on how to improve. And so in the modern process, we call that a launch pad website. It's kind of the launch or the foundation of all your efforts. And then it goes to what we originally got on the topic of, which was the set it and forget it mentality. Traditional process is like, all right, we got that website done. Now we're going to just let it sit. And that would be the same as is building a house and then letting it sit for 30 years without ever making any improvements. Of course, the thing would be falling apart. Of course, it wouldn't be comfortable to live. You know, that's the reality with a house and it's the reality with a website is that it, it can decay over time. And so modern companies, again, they launch something that looks and performs better than what they have today, but they get into a regular rhythm of finding what is the highest impact things we can continually add to this product. Again, thinking of your website as a product. How can we continually add things to this product to deliver more value, to help cross-sell and upsell existing customers, to um, improve the conversion rates? And so there's kind of this continuous improvement rhythm that you can get into very much like with a house. You're always finding, okay, I want to add on this new addition. We want to now go out and build out the, the basement. And now we want to redo the roof. We want to put solar panels. There's always things you can do to improve the house situation. Same thing with the website. So those are the ways that we've seen kind of the shift in, in how people go about building the websites. And that's really regardless of, of what technology you're using. That's really, I mean, no matter what technology you're in, those are the things to think about for improving. But yeah. of course, like on the technology side, we see some interesting considerations as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump to the tech in a second. You mentioned a couple of times, you know, this shift towards more of the, the modern approaches. Hey, we need to use some data to make some decisions versus just what the president or CEO likes or dislikes and, and that sort of thing. So if we've we've got this new site and now we're saying, okay, we, we got it out there quickly and now we want to start to make improvements, what are a couple of tools or types of tools that you need to have in place to capture that data to then actually be able to say, okay, we should do X this month or Y next month because we saw something in the data. You know, we're, we're entering a world where um, in the construction space, this is, we're getting into more advanced topics. And so what are maybe some basic tools that people need to have in place to really make those the type type of determinations. Yeah. And so basically what you as a someone who owns a website, again, thinking of your website as a product, essentially you end up becoming like a product owner, product manager, we call it. And what product managers do is they are really good at understanding and prioritizing where to invest time and energy. Because at the end of the day, that's your your number one currency. You know, whether you're working with an agency or whether you're doing it on your own, you have to be really smart about where you invest time and energy. I'm sure it's the same if you have a limited budget with a job site. It's like we got to make sure we, we do the essentials and, and do the most important things. So how do you, the question is, how do you 
prioritize? How do you gather data to help make those decisions on where to prioritize? Because there's a million things you could do on your site at any given time. There's three, I'll give, I'll give some tactical takeaways. So there's three areas, you know, it all again comes down to having an understanding of the world of your customers. And there's three um, different types of research you can do. One is qualitative research. That means like going out and speaking to people and, and gathering feedback directly from your customers, direct feedback from internal stakeholders, but that's really going out and talking to folks. The tactic there that I would give you, it's time consuming, but it is worth its weight in gold, is going out and finding 10 clients who have recently purchased a service or a product from you in the last 30 days and sitting down and having a conversation with them to figure out why they made a switch from a competitor to you. Then find 10 ex-customers, people who left you for a competitor in the last 30 days, if that data is available, if you're able to find who those folks are, and just go to them with a general curiosity to find out why they made the switch. And the reason that you do these, these, we call them user interviews or these interviews with these folks to find out why they made the switch is that ends up uncovering a lot of gold on what types of enablement materials you need to have, what kind of testimonials, what pages on your website, because you want to try to make more people switch to you and less people switch away from you. And that's going to, you're going to, the things you find will be marketing related, but they'll honestly also be customer service related, product related. They'll probably find a lot of good nuggets there um, to help. So that's like the one takeaway with qualitative, 10 people who recently switched to you. 10 people who recently switched away, sit down for half hour, 45 minutes and understand what journey they were on, what was their desired outcome and why did they make a switch to or from you in that journey. The second category is quantitative research. And so this is looking at all the numbers. This will tell you what people are doing. Qualitative, the first category is tell you why did they do it. Quantitative, the data, looking at the data will tell you what they're doing. And so you can look at a tool if you don't already have it installed. Uh, There's a free tool called Google Analytics, and that's probably like the industry standard for tracking that. I know for a lot of folks in the web world, they're like, oh yeah, I, I live on Google Analytics, but there's a lot of companies that haven't taken the time to install it and to set it up. Um, and again, that's a free tool. So that would be my, if I would check if you have Google Analytics installed, if you don't get it on there, even if you don't plan on using it anytime soon, it'll at least start collecting data for the future when you are ready to use it. And so that's the pro tip there. Make sure you got Google Analytics installed. And then the third pro tip that I have, or the third category is observational research. And observational research is all about observing how people are behaving. And on your website, there's a number of ways you can do that. You have click heat maps, which show where people are clicking on your site. What are they interested in? What are they not? There's scroll heat maps, which show you how much people are scrolling up and down on your site so that you know whether they're even reading your message or not. And then you have, you know, things like user recordings where you literally can see how people are interacting with your site. And so those Behavioral data will give you some, some understanding on how people are behaving and what you might need to do to change that behavior. The two tools that I recommend for that are, um, one is Hotjar, H-O-T-J-A-R, hotjar.com, and luckyorange, luckyorange.com. And HubSpot has integrations with both of them. If you happen to be a HubSpot user, you can integrate them into your HubSpot account but they have some free and some low-cost plans that will give you that information again so that you can make those informed decisions. 
And so those are like three ways that you can understand how people are interacting with your website or your product and help inform the, what are they looking for they're not finding? What could we improve on that we don't have today and, and start to build that wish list of improvements that you want to do over time? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and it's funny, it makes me think about this one example. We've been working with this custom builder for about probably eight years now. And we first started working with them and I thought their site looked really ugly, like terrible. And I'm going, Hey, like we probably should redesign this at some point, but we'll just start working on the blogging, the SEO and, and then let's revisit that down the road. We're eight years down the road and we haven't revisited it. <laughs> the site cranks traffic and leads mm. like he's booked up all the time for work. And that was the moment when I realized design is subjective. And so what you're talking about is, okay, yeah, there's always going to be some creative element to design, but how can we infuse some data to our decision-making? Because the data there is saying, well, sure, maybe we could benefit from some adjustments, but if he doesn't need any adjustments and he's hitting his targets, like why go down that path of, picking something that's more beautiful or pretty just because he likes it or we like it. Why not just let it ride, you know, if, it, if it's accomplishing <laughs> the goal. And so uh, I'm sure there's a good middle ground there where we could yes. improve the design, but also, you know, just if you use the data, then you can make some really good determinations. So yeah, if you don't have Google analytics, that one's a, a must have. And then, uh, yeah, we, we've used hot jar um, quite a bit and I know lucky orange is another good one. Those things, they're insightful. You know, you can start watching how your visitors are interacting on your site. Maybe you think that's a little creepy, but uh, it's super helpful from the, from the marketing side. If you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at BillBook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level. Daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls. And inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BuildBook to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. All right, let's get back to the show. Let's shift a little bit, talk about kind of just CMS platform, you know, like what's the, what's the basis of like, what is a CMS, that, that term? And then what are you guys doing? Where are kind of the big problem areas that you've seen with stuff like WordPress or Squarespace? And what's the problem you're trying to solve? I know you guys just launched some big updates to your product. But why, I guess, as I'm curious, you know, what are you trying to fix here? You know, what were the problems? Yeah. So for those not familiar, CMS stands for Content Management System. And essentially, you can think of the CMS or the Content Management System as the tool you use to build your website on. It's kind of the, the foundation 
Think of it as the foundation at a, at, a, at a site and the truck that has all the tools in it. So it gives you all the elements you need to build that house. And that house is your website. And so we've been in the, we've been, it's been interesting. We've been in the, we've had a CMS for a while now. And it's always been sort of an add-on to our marketing tools. But we saw a lot of challenges that our customers and that general folks that have websites are running into uh, with their current CMS. Some of those CMSs you mentioned, Spencer, there's, you know, the, on the very, you know, lightweight end, you have the Wix, the Squarespace, the Weeblies. The world of CMSs, my friends, is all about trade-offs. And the problem is with those systems, they are easy for someone who's not a developer to make changes to a page. The trade-off you have is that they're very lightweight systems. They're made for soloists, for hobbyists, the solopreneurs. And so it's very easy for a company to outgrow them. And it's very difficult for, to build a very flexible website that's integrated with your marketing and your sales and everything in there. So what ends up happening is a lot of folks outgrow them. They move into the next kind of tier in the market, which is the open source CMSs. So this is your WordPress is probably the one most of you have heard of. There's also Drupal and Joomla. And what those CMSs do really well is they actually, the term open source means that they give you access to all the code. And that's a good and a bad thing. Um, the good thing on that is that when you have access to all the code on the back end, you can build anything you want. They're very, very flexible. The trade-off with those is the bad part, which is that means you have to maintenance all that stuff. And so there's a very high level of either cost, you have to pay a developer to maintenance it, or you have to do it yourself. So a time cost in keeping all of these different uh, systems up to date. And so one of those systems is the hosting, the servers, kind of like where the website's living. Uh, so that's, there's a level of server maintenance there. There's also with those open source websites, the way to build them is you layer in a million different, we call them plugins. These are like things that enhance the, the website's functionality to build up the website you want. And so the average WordPress site has 20 to 50 of these plugins, all built by different developers. So they have different coding <laughs> right. standards. That's the key and there. They're all different. You know? They're all different. <laughs> yeah. And they, they're hard to learn because they look all different on the, the actual panel that you use. And you have to get all these different ones to communicate. So think of it like a job site where you got 50 people on a job site who never worked together before. And your job is to get them working in sync. And you're like, oh man, like this is a big, this is tough. It takes a lot of time to, to like project manage all this. And so the trade-off with the open source CMSs is, is that you spend a lot of time and energy maintenancing the system. From there, they're all, the other downside to those is if you don't maintenance the system, which is common, 70% of WordPress sites are out of date. People just, they have other things on their, on, on their mind. They're not, they're not making updates every single day to the plugins, to the software. When they go out of date, there's a security concern. And so you open yourselves up to hackers, to people pulling the site down, to pulling private data off. There's a lot of legal and privacy concerns that can happen. So what we see is eventually folks grow out of those. They say, look, I can't deal with all this maintenance. I don't want to spend two, three, four, five hundred dollars a month keeping all these systems up to date. I don't want to deal the security team is saying I can't, the IT team is saying I can't deal with these hacks. And so they outgrow that. And the only other option they have is to go way up into the Fortune 500 type of CMSs, the Adobe, the Sitecore, the Acquia, where you're talking 
hundreds of thousands of dollars to license the software and hundreds of thousands of dollars to build the site. So we saw, the first thing that I'll say is we saw a big gap there where a lot of folks kind of outgrow these lower market CMSs, but they can't afford those big ones. And so that's, we saw that gap there. The other thing that I'll mention related to why we launched our new hub, our big new hub, and the problems we saw was regardless of where on the market you are, we saw four main problems that companies were struggling with. And we actually mentioned some of these earlier. Um, the first one we, we talked about, which is the high maintenance and low security. We call them traditional CMSs. Traditional CMSs that are out there will force you to spend your focus, time, and energy on your system, which pulls your time and energy away from your customer. And again, your customers are the ones that we want to be building for. The yeah, second that thing one, that we that saw... One's big. Sorry to, to cut you off there. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that one's big. What you said, I'm just going to say it differently. Yeah. If you have a WordPress site, because a lot, I think a lot of people listening probably have a WordPress site, you have all these plugins, and then WordPress upgrades, then some of the plugins break, and then you got to re-update the plugins and then get those working. Sometimes it breaks your site or your site gets hacked, like you said, security issues. So you're spending all this time literally on maintenance and it should be going to marketing. You know, you said it, yes. it should be going to your customer, but I think, you know, it's like maintenance versus marketing. If you can shift maintenance time to marketing time, like that's a good, good move. So yeah, anyway, just it, said differently, it, but yeah. No, I love it. I, <laughs> I love it. It goes, it, well, it goes back to the topic earlier. Where is your time or money best spent? Is it best spent on updating plugins? Probably not. Probably and not. so what we see is with modern CMSs, Modern CMSs, whether that's HubSpot or Shopify in the e-commerce world, they're built on a SaaS infrastructure. What that means, software as a service is, is the acronym SaaS. What that means is that those companies just take care of all that stuff for you. Like, let's right. just get that off your plate so you don't have to deal with it so that it frees your time up to work on your marketing, to work on growing your business, to work on solving for your customer, and just invest your time in a smarter way. Um, so that's really how, that's like kind of the first thing we saw with problem of traditional CMSs and kind of how modern CMSs and the HubSpot CMS is structured. The second one we talked about earlier, which is gatekeepers mm-hmm. and where you want to make a change to your site, you want to edit something and you are just at the mercy of a developer. It's very tricky to move quickly. And that's tough for a few reasons. One, it's tough from a... I mean, an expense standpoint, you got to pay for a developer for any little change. Two, it's tough because it slows you down. You know, you want to make a change. We know in this day and age, you have to be very agile. You have to be very able to change your business on a week-to-week basis. And if if your developer is off doing something else for another client or they're in another sprint cycle and then, you know, two weeks later, maybe it gets to the site if you're lucky, um, it slows you down. And on the flip side, it's also for the developers themselves, it's not, none of this is very rewarding work. Like I haven't heard one developer who wakes up in the morning and is like, yes, I get to update WordPress plugins. That's like my life's dream. Right, or, yeah. Oh, you need this little photo <laughs> changed out or this yeah. text change or yeah. <laughs> none of them want to be doing that. They want to be building kind of these world-class experiences. They want to be building these web application type experiences on the site, these things that provide value. And so traditional CMSs, because they get so bulky, because you're adding all this stuff in, you're relying on a gatekeeper to do this. What we see with modern CMSs and the way that we've built HubSpot CMS 
is that they are built so that it empowers your team to just get your work done. So the, the marketers or the content creators or the business owners can just go in there and really easily visually update, change, swap photos, add new things on. And it's very intuitive and easy to use. And that's not to say that developers aren't important, but it means that the developer's role has changed in the modern CMS. The developer's role is to build out the CMS to make it really easy to use, to make it, to like be able to empower the team. They're almost like software developers. They're like building out the software to make it easy to use. And it frees the developer's time up instead of doing button color updates and changing photos. Like the developer can start building more value-added things onto the site. They can build payment processing systems. They can build like more complex quoting tools uh, directly onto the site that drive leads. So they're just building more impactful work versus the button colors and adding text, which is something that the marketing team can take care of or the, or the you know, even the, the owner can take care of if they want. So that's like the second thing is those gatekeepers versus yeah. the modern CMS empowering the team. And that's a big one. You know, I think today a lot of people are in a couple of buckets. One, they, they have a WordPress site and they can make a good chunk of changes, right? They can update text and photos and, and there's some things, but then you still are limited in some other areas and you do have to go to somebody, you request a change, you wait a few days or a few weeks and then it's done. And, you know, it's most of those changes are marketing changes that you're just relying on somebody else's skill set. And so I think removing that is is a good thing. And then some people are totally held hostage right now and they're on a, you know, monthly fee where it's like, hey, you have to come to us for every change, every little thing. And you're on some weird system where they set it up in such a way that they have all the control. And and that's oh, yeah. just an old school web design model, which was, yes. hey, we're just going to build up this big client base of people that pay us anywhere from 30 bucks a month to several hundred a month. And they have to come through us and we're holding the keys to the castle. And then and then usually it's tough to break up with that and you have to oh, yeah. figure out a way to switch. And I've seen some messy situations where, you know, but to your point, like those are all like the gatekeeper is there and that's that's something you want to like you should have full control of your site your domain yeah. your hosting you know all yeah. of those things so you own it it's your product so you should be able to and and you mm-hmm. hit the nail on the head it's just an it's an old school mentality that developers and old school agencies have and now the technology these days again modern technology just makes it so easy for you to just own and control the site and make changes to your site. And, um, you know, again, it's not, it doesn't say that the developers are important. They are, but their role is just different than what it used to be. So, yeah, I mean, if, if you don't take anything away, I mean, these, these are not speci- these things we're talking about are not specific to HubSpot. It's not, you know, these are just like things to look for when you're evaluating website software. The yeah. last two I'll go through kind of quickly. Yeah, go for it. The last two are, it's really a result. These are two are results of the fact that usually a CMS is kind of living in its own world, disconnected from all your other systems and your other data and your other tools. And so the first one is because it lives in its own world and it can't speak to your CRM data, your customer service data, it's very hard for you to tailor an experience on your website around a unique individual. Right? And we know that in this day and age, the companies that win, the Ubers, the Airbnbs, the Amazons, they are tailoring the experience you get around what your, your, your specific pain points are. What part of the journey, buyer's journey are you on? What region do you live in? What services are you interested in? 
and they tailor that experience around that. And traditional CMSs make that very hard. Modern CMSs, because they couple all of the website tools with your CRM, your contact uh, relations management tools, all your other data, it all lives in one house and you can use that to build these personalized experiences. Um, so that's the other one is that, that we see. And then the last one with traditional CMSs, again, because they live in its own world, it starts to get kind of fuzzy on like, what's your return on investment from your website improvement efforts and from your content efforts? It's, it's hard to connect the dots in, in a WordPress, when you got WordPress duct taped and glued to this thing over here, duct taped and glued over here, and none of the data is being transferred properly. It gets very, very fuzzy. And so modern CMSs, you know, again, this isn't just HubSpot. There's other CMSs like Adobe uh, that lives in the Fortune 500, you know, probably out of, out of the, the cost range of, of um, most companies. But there's other CMSs that think about it differently where they connect all this stuff together so that you can see exactly when I invest this into the website, when I invest this into the content, these are the pieces of content that are directly generating leads for the business, directly generating revenue for the business. And that's good one. If you're a marketer listening to this, you have to go back and prove you're, you're like, we're investing in the website. How is it helping the business grow to your boss? But it's also helpful because going back to how do you make informed decisions on where to improve the site, you'll start to see these pages are the ones that are driving revenue. These ones are the, dri- are the drivers to contact or uh, lead generation. So like, let's invest a little more time in those and a little less time over here. So it, makes, it helps you make those more informed decisions as well. Yeah. And I think that was the one thing that just hit me over the head. It was probably 10 years ago, but you know, you, you had the website and then you had Google analytics and then you had a social media tool and you had some SEO tools and suddenly, you know, you've got a WordPress site and you've got a bunch of plugins, you've got 10 different tools and you're going, okay, I have all the data I want, but it's all siloed and it's not connected and I can't see how one person comes in and their journey from start to finish. And yes. so, you know, we, we've been a HubSpot customer for ourselves and we recommend it for our clients in, in most cases for about 10 years. And that's really what did it for me as a marketer was like, I don't need to go through the brain damage of trying to connect 17 <laughs> different tools, you know, and so let's just solve that. And so not that this, we're trying to make this a pitch for HubSpot, but that's the problem that you guys, I think, were attacking initially was, hey, there's a bunch of marketing tools. We're going to create an all-in-one system. And now this next layer was, hey, but the website is kind of a core you know, base or foundation to that. And then you've got all these marketing tools. So I think what you said earlier is a good way to look at it is there's always trade-offs. And so if you can accomplish anything with most systems, it may just look very different and you may spend more time and effort in other areas. And it's just a decision. Do you want to spend more time in maintenance and updates because you like the way the setup is or the cost or whatever it is? Or do you want to not worry about that and maybe you pay a little bit of a premium? You know, so I don't know, is that kind of how you look at it or what's kind of a, if somebody's sitting here listening to this and they're going, okay, this is great. I like the modern idea. I'm in a certain situation. How do I, think about this moving forward? What are my next couple of moves in terms of finding the right decision for me? Everything that we talked about, again, is like, all of this is tool agnostic. These are just, these are really just considerations to ask yourself whenever you're evaluating which path is the best fit, which Spencer, you hit the, you, you, again, we're like spot on where 
you know, there, there's always multiple ways to get to the end, end outcome. It's just like, which path is the best fit for you? Just like, I'm sure if, if you need to build a new kitchen, there's lots of ways you could do it, but it's going to depend on what's the best fit for the person who's hiring you for the job. Um, so take all of this, even if you have absolutely no interest in HubSpot, like this is just interesting questions to ask yourself to help guide you towards finding what's the best fit for you. The ones, again, if I were to like summarize it, the ones that I would look at are what systems are going to allow you to make data-driven decisions? What ones are, again, a a website is just a tool to help your business grow. It's one tool and a a big tool belt. So like, what what are all the things that we need to help our business grow? And where does the website fit as a part of that? Um, that's a good question to ask because um, there's certain CMSs, again, I'm biased, but with HubSpot, certain CMSs that are bundled in a way and built in a way for business growth, for marketing growth, not for the technical you know, developers and what they want. You know, basically, what, the way I look at it and when we look at those challenges that we talked about is, and I look at, we'll kind of tell you like the three stories that we at HubSpot work to solve with our two, with our CMS. We have two tiers of our CMS. The first tier is our professional level. And we built the professional level for fast growing companies that are tired of being held back by clunky content management systems that require heavy maintenance and make it really difficult for marketers and content creators to get their work done. It's kind of all that story that we talked about. We saw those problems and we built the CMS around solving that. And there's really three stories on how we do that. The first is, again, and these are criteria to look for, maintenance and management without the migraines. Can we just take care of that stuff to free my time up? Um, so at HubSpot, the way we do that is we, we built a SaaS CMS where we just take care of all of it. It's built on a fast, secure, reliable system. We have threat detection, security detection. It's all baked in. We have, we have not only machine learning and, and AI, but also actual humans that are there watching all this stuff 24 hours a day. So you don't have to wake up in the middle of the night to fix something that the site goes down. We got your back for that. Secondly, we talked about it, easily being able to build and optimize remarkable web pages. So the way we've done that at HubSpot is we've built, again, very intuitive, easy to use, drag and drop editing experience, like moving it looks like moving um, apps on your, your phone, moving apps around on the screen. Where do you want to move this module? Where do you want to move this thing? Click on it, change the text. Very, very easy, almost like PowerPoint type of an experience for editing your site. But at the same time, we wanted to also make it very flexible, very powerful for developers. So we have a whole suite of tools for developers. If you want to work with one, again, you can kind of choose how, how complex or how, how simple you want to make your site. But if you want to work with a developer to build more robust uh, functionality, and we have a lot of tools for them as well. And then lastly, the all-in-one tool to help grow traffic and generate leads. That was, again, for, for HubSpot was very important for us, as you mentioned earlier. The website is just a tool to fuel business growth and you need other tools. So it comes with a free CRM or CRM bundled in. It comes with SEO, search engine optimization tools, it comes with our uh, live chat, our conversational bots, A-B testing for doing experiments, all kinds of reporting, everything all baked in together without having to like layer on 20 to 50 things. It just comes with it all out of the box. So that's really like, again, like we built this to solve the pains that we saw. And if any of these sound familiar or like, yeah, I've, I've kind of, you're nodding your head while we were talking about this, like that's what we built this product to try to solve. And it might be interesting to evaluate, evaluate and check out. Really briefly, the second one that we have is the enterprise tier 
the enterprise tier is, um, it comes with all of that that we talked about because bigger enterprise type companies are also struggling with uh, maintenance and management and, and gatekeepers. It also gives those organizations the ability to build even more powerful, almost like software web app experiences on your site. You could have customer login areas with custom dashboards and you could have, you know, really custom e-commerce and payment processing stuff. You could have, you know, almost this like world where software and websites are a little blurring. You know, it's hard these days to tell what's a software, and what's a website. Um, if that's the type of experience you want to build, we have that. You know, we have a lot of people that build dealer dashboards. If you have a distributor network or a dealer network and you want to build a special login area for them, for them to place orders and stay up to date. So build those powerful web apps. And then if you have a lot of team members, the enterprise tier allows you to have governance and control over that growing team. So you can determine who should have access to what, who shouldn't have access to it. And so there's some scenarios I could see in the builder world. If you have franchises, if you have tons of locations where, you know, you want to put a little guardrails on like what that person can access on the site or not both on the front and on the back end. So the people that are actually working on the site itself too. So that's the enterprise tier on a high level. Cool. Yeah, and I think that's helpful. And I, I think the, the questions that you offered up are good ones to think about. You know, so anybody thinking about all the stuff we just kind of talked about, you know, what what is it that you want your website to do? Where do you want to spend that time? And what what are your goals for the company and kind of vision? And that will determine your pathway, whether that's HubSpot or WordPress or another platform. But those questions that Luke was talking about are really critical because then you can, you basically know what you're dealing with and you know what your options are. And so you're, you're understanding the trade-offs and where you want to go. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really easy to start with technology. It's probably the same in the builder world. It's probably easy to start with like, hey, let's like, I assume junior folks in this world probably start with like, let's use this type of wood or this type of wood. The, what I usually advise companies to do is to start with one, what, if we step back, what's the overall goal of the company for the year? What are the like key metrics that we need to hit for the, for the, uh, the business as a whole? Then the second line of questioning is where, how does the website used as a tool to hit those? How can we leverage the website to increase lifetime value, to increase cross sales, to increase net new leads? Um, so that's, then you go to the website. Then the next line of questioning is what functionality, just on a high level, do we need? What features, what functionality do we need on the website to make that happen? And then the last, you finalize with what's the technology that's going to help us get to that, right? So the technology, you kind of back your way into the technology from starting with the high level goals. How does the website help those goals? What are the features that are required to execute on it? And then back your way into technology. And um, that'll, that's like a good series of questions you can go through um, with your company to find out what's a good technology to use. Yeah, yeah, that's a great approach. And, and Luke, um, this has been super educational and informative. We have one last segment of the show. Um, mm-hmm. But before I get to that, if people want to learn more connect with you, find out more about the, the CMS or anything like that? What's the, I guess, what's the best way to reach out or where should they go? In terms of the CMS, the, the easiest thing, we have HubSpot.com. And on HubSpot.com, under our products, you can find the CMS. You'd also search HubSpot CMS. Um, and it'll probably come up our product page to learn a little bit more, see the other companies like yourselves that are using it and just, you know, the different, see the actual tool in action. What does it actually look like? 
for myself, I pretty much live on LinkedIn um, these days. So um, you can just find me Luke Summerfield on LinkedIn and always happy to chat and connect with folks. Cool. Very good. All right. Uh, the last segment of the show, we call it the fast five. So I'm going to hit you with five rapid fire questions. Just say whatever comes to mind. First one is what's your favorite business book and why? My favorite business book probably depends on the time that you catch me. <laughs> but right now, I, I, one that's always stood out to me, I'm sure many of you've read it is um, Simon Sinek's Start With Why, um, which breaks down, you know, how should you think about winning? Like, what's the purpose of your business? Why does it exist in this world? How do you make that purpose a reality? And then what are the day-to-day actions that you, you and your team can take? It's really, really helpful for framing positioning and messaging and f- building a tribe of other people who believe that. That's, that's probably a book, both with personal life and with business, have, have probably made the biggest impact. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. And we'll, we'll link it up in the show notes. All right. Next question is, who is the most inspirational person in your life? Most inspirational person in my life. Well, I'm I'm lucky to be surrounded by so many inspirational people at HubSpot that I'm just always learning uh, so much from. But if I if I step back, well, let me let me shout out two at HubSpot. So one is Angela DeFranco, who is my previous boss. She is the head of product for all CMS, and um, she's just been doing this for so long. She's got such a good way to bring lighthearted humor to stressful situations. She's like the calm in the storm and she always keeps the team going. And so not only do I appreciate the way she thinks she has good thought processes, but also, you know, just keeping everyone having a good time because life's too short to be like, just always so serious and down. So I I love working with her. And then um, my new boss, Nick Holland, who's the general manager of a few hubs at HubSpot. He is the, the thing I love about Nick is he is so good at asking questions. He'll just cut right to the heart of like, you know, I'm trying to like dance around something. He just, boom, he's got such a good question. And he's really good at analogies and stories to make I, like complex ideas click. And so I love, I'm learning a lot from him just in terms of the questions he asks and like the way he tries to like describe really complex things. That's cool. That's awesome. All right. So if you could have one superpower, what would that be? It's got to be flying. It's got to be flying. <laughs> flying or time travel, of course. But uh, time travel would be really interesting, right? You got the whole, you got the whole back to the future, look at the almanac, place your bets and, and kind of see what's going on in the future. I could see some butterfly effect stuff if I go too far back and cause a problem. <laughs> but, but flying would be so cool. Like, think about it. Like, I, I'm like, oh, man, especially if you could, or maybe teleportation. Like, oh, I want to, I need a vacation for the weekend. Okay, cool. Boom. I'm in like Tahiti, chilling yep. on the beach. That'd That's be so what cool. I choose, teleportation. I was between <laughs> flying and teleporting. I'm like, well, you can kind of create the flying experience a little through teleporting. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Curious, childlike. So you could probably see from behind me all the, all the years, <laughs> which goes, goes along with cu- uh, curious. And um Open-minded, super open-minded. I change my mind all the time on things that I'm like set in stone for years. And then um, someone comes in who's smarter than me and just gets me to open open my eyes to something new. So open-minded. Cool, cool. All right. Final question is, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? Mm, in the context of website or in general? Just in general, I'd say. I would go back to, again, one of the qualities that I found really helpful in my life, which is describing myself or thinking like a child, always being curious. And so um, sometimes we just get in the habit of doing things a certain way. And that's just always how it's been done. And, you know, being a child and just asking why, 
why are we doing it this way? And playing a little, even if you know the answer, just playing a little dumb because sometimes you can, you can see through some cracks of uh, things that we've been doing a long way that are starting to show some cracks and you might see some better ways of doing it. So um, yeah, just be, just be like a child and ask, ask why. There's a good exercise that comes out of, some of you engineers might know this, comes out of the lean manufacturing world called the, um, the five whys. It's part of like the Six Sigma evolution out of Toyota. I don't know if it was eighties, but whenever you find something, just go through and ask why five times, you know, like a kid, Oh, why does this happen? Well, why does that happen? And at a certain point, you might only get to two or three, but at a certain point you're going to get to the root cause and then you can solve. Right. So um, I think there's some wisdom there that they found in the lean manufacturing world uh, around just being like a kid and asking why a million times. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice. And um <laughs> Luke, this is awesome, man. Thanks for carving out the time. It's good to hang out with you a little bit. Uh, we missed some opportunities here with uh, the whole COVID thing. So hopefully we'll, we'll get together in person again in the future. I've even talking about doing a road trip out to Colorado. So maybe if we do that, I'll, I'll hit you up. Yeah, sweet. Please do. All right. Thanks, Luke. <laughs> hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Luke. And as always, we'll pull out a couple of takeaways. And I think for me, I just have one big takeaway for you. And that is, Figure out what is your current state of your website. What platform is it on? What kinds of benefits do you get from your current setup environment? And what are the negatives? What are the cons to the current setup? And kind of do the T-chart, like what's working well, what's really frustrating, what's annoying, and then you know where you stand. And then I would say build on that and say, okay, what are my other options? How could I maybe remove some of these pain points and put more things in that, that pro column? And it could be looking at HubSpot, it could be looking at some other platforms, and there's more than one way to accomplish what you want to do. And like Luke and I talked about, it's really about trying to get you to the best fit for your website and your company and your goals. And I think it all starts with figuring out where you stand today and then establishing that goal of what you want it to look like then you figure out the technology and the pieces that are going to help get you there. So I think going out and establishing that baseline is really, really important and taking stock of where you're at today. Thanks again for listening, guys. Again, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Luke over at HubSpot, and we will see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And as a quick reminder, text RADIO to 33777 for some free goodies as a thank you for listening to the show. And if you got some value from today's episode, I just ask that you leave us a quick review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word and grow this awesome community of people who are working to improve their lives and their businesses. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.